At this time, I would like to call the regular city council meeting to order the March 15, 2022 at exactly seven o'clock and invite you all to join me in a moment of silence followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. Will the clerk please call the roll? Council Member Inigas? Here. Kyles? Here. Pianfetti? Here. Williams? Beck? Here. Bruno? Here. Bomer? Here. Gladney? Present. Mayor Finance. In advance, I'd like to say that Mayor Finan and Council Member Williams are out due to family obligations and business. With that, there are there's no special recognition tonight. Approval of minutes. May I please have a motion to approve the minutes from the February 15, 2022 regular council meeting. Deputy Mayor, I move that we approve the minutes of the February 15, 2022 regular council meeting. Second. Is there any discussion? All in favor, uh, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed by saying sign. Motion carries. Do we have any correspondence? Ms. Clerk? All right, with that being said, um, we do not have any hearings. Will the clerk please call the first bill? Council Bill number 2022-031, a resolution authorizing the city manager to continue administration of a COVID-19 employee leave policy. So moved. Second. The purpose of this bill, Council bill is to extend COVID-19 employee leave of absence policy previously approved by council providing for the continuation of COVID-related leave benefits to City of Champaign employees through June 30th, 2022. Do any council members have any technical questions? Anyone in the audience would like to address the council on this particular bill? Any comments by council? With that say, said, would the clerk please call the roll? Council member Inigas? Yes. Kyles? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Bolmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. This council bill passes seven to zero. Will the clerk please call the next council bill? Council Bill number 2022-032, a resolution approving an agreement for third-party claims administration services. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to approve an agreement with Cannon Cochran Management Service Incorporated for third-party claims administration services and workers' compensation loss control services. The total cost for these services is $152,340 for the two-year period from April 1st, 2022 through March 31st, 2024. Any council member technical questions on this bill? 
Anybody in the audience like to address on this particular bill? Council comments? The clerk, please call roll. Council member Inigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles? Yes, this council bill was approved seven to zero. Will the clerk please call the next council bill? Council bill number 2022-033, a resolution approving agreements for the purchase of property, liability, casualty, and workman's compensation insurance and for brokerage services. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to approve an agreement with USI Insurance Services, LLC, to negotiate and purchase liability, casualty, and workers' compensation insurance on the city's behalf for the policy period of April 1st, 2022 to March 31st, 2023 for a total cost of $769,593. This amount includes $40,000 for insurance, consulting, and brokerage services. Does any council member have any technical questions? Would any members of the audience like to comment on this bill? Council, comments? Seeing none, would the clerk please call the roll? Council member Inigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles? Yes, council bill call, passes 7 to 0. Would the clerk please call the next bill? Council Bill Number 2022-034, a resolution approving the final plat of the Hub Vertical Subdivision. So moved. Second. The purpose of this Council Bill is to approve a vertical subdivision of the Hub Building located at the northwest corner of East Daniel and South 6th Streets. The plat will create a lot on the third floor and would allow ownership of the space to be transferred to the University of Illinois. Do Council Members have any technical questions for this bill? Any audience would like to comment on this bill? Council members? Seeing none, would the clerk please call the roll? Council member Inigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles? The yes, the council bill was approved 7 to 0. Deputy Mayor Kyles, I move we consolidate Council Bill Number 2022-035, Council Bill Number 2022-036, and Council Bill Number 2022-037. Second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed say aye. The ayes have it. The Council Bills are consolidated. Will the clerk please call the Consolidated Council Bill? Council Bill Number 2022-035, an ordinance annexing ter territory pursuant to petition. Council Bill number 2022-036, a resolution approving the preliminary plat of Regency Meadows subdivision. Council Bill number 2022-037, an ordinance approving the final plat of Regency Meadows subdivision phase one. The purpose of these council bills is to approve a preliminary plat, final plat and annexation for the Regency Meadows subdivision. The preliminary plat is for a 48.5-acre subdivision located at the northwest corner of Staley Road and Curtis Road. The final plat and annexation are for the first phase of the subdivision, which is approximately 10.9 acres. Do any of the council members have any questions for staff? Would any members of the audience like to comment on this particular these bills? Council comment? Seeing none, would the clerk please call the roll? 
Councilmember Inezes? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Ulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles? Yes, the council bill was approved seven to zero. Will the clerk please call the next council bill? Council Bill Number 2022-038, a resolution approving and authorizing publication of the official zoning map. So moved. Second. The purpose of this council bill is to approve the publication of the official city zoning map. Annual publication of, of the updated zoning map is required by state law. Any council members have any questions, technical, technical questions? Seeing none, does any member of the staff, any member of the audience have any questions? Seeing none, any council members' comments? Seeing none, will the clerk please call the roll? Council Member Inigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles? Yes, this council bill was approved, seven to zero. Will the clerk please call the next bill? Council Bill number 2022-039, a resolution authorizing the purchase of road salt. This council bill approves the purchase of road so salt. Moved. Second. So moved. So I was got it in before the so moved and second. The, the council bill approves the purchase of road salt from the state of Illinois Department of Central Management Services to the Illinois Joint Purchasing Program for the FY 2022-23 winter in an amount not to exceed $410,908.20. Do the council members have any technical questions for staff? None. With the audience, does any audience member have any particular comment on this particular bill? Seeing none, any council comment? With that, would the clerk please call roll? Council member Inigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles? And yes, this council bill was approved 7 to 0. Deputy Mayor Kyles, I move that we consolidate Council Bill Number 2022-040 and Council Bill Number 2022-041. Second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed, same sign. The ayes have it. The council bills are consolidated. Will the clerk please call the consolidated council roll? Yeah. Council Bill Number 2022-040, an ordinance authorizing a loan agreement. Council Bill Number 2022-041, a resolution approving a change order with Clark Dietz, Inc. for the South Downtown Sanitary Sewer Project. The purpose of these council bills is to authorize the City of Champaign to borrow funds from the Illinois Environmental Protection Agency loan program and to approve a change order to the existing engineering services agreement with Clark Dietz, Incorporated in the amount not to exceed $314,000. $900 for the South Downtown Sanitary Sewer Project. Any council members have any questions for staff? Seeing none, would any members of the audience like to comment on this particular bill? Seeing none, would any council members have any additional comment? And there is none. Would the clerk please call the roll? Council Member Inigas? Yes. PM Fetty? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles. Yes, the council bill was approved seven to zero. Deputy Mayor Kyles, I move we consolidate council bill number 2022-042 and council bill number 2022-043. Second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 
All opposed, same side. The ayes have it. The council bills are consolidated. Will the clerk please call the consolidated council bill? Council bill number 2022-042, a resolution accepting a bid for the 2022 bituminous overlay project. Council bill number 2022-043, a resolution approving a professional services agreement with Farnsworth Group Inc. to provide construction engineering services for the 2022 bituminous overlay project. The Gies Council bills accept a bid and approve a contract with Carl's Construction Incorporated of Urbana, Illinois in the amount of $3,165,691.05 for the 2022 by bituminous uh, overlay project and approve an engineering services agreement with Farnsworth Group Incorporated of Champaign, Illinois in an amount not to exceed $150,000 for construction engineering services on the project in advance. Um, the project engineer, Joe Grimm from Farmsworth is in the audience. Uh, with that being said, do council members have any technical questions for staff? Seeing none, would, are there any members of the audience that have any uh, comments on this particular bill? Seeing none, uh, the council members, any technical uh, comments? Would the clerk please call the roll? Council member Enigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles? Yes. These council, this council bill was approved 7 to 0. Deputy Mayor Kyles, I move we consolidate Council Bill number 2022-044, Council Bill number 2022-045, and Council Bill number 2022-046. Second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed, same side. The ayes have it. The council bills are consolidated. Will the clerk please call the consolidated council bill? Council bill number 2022-044, a resolution approving the appointment of John Hogg to the Neighborhood Services Advisory Board in the City of Champaign. Council bill number 2022 045, a resolution approving the appointment of Kathy Shannon to the Plan Commission in the City of Champaign. Council Bill number 2022-046, a resolution approving the reappointment of Kathy Shannon to the Plan Commission in the City of Champaign. The mayor has appointed John um, Hawk Hagee to the Neighborhood Services Advisory Board and Kathy Shannon to the Plan Commission. The purpose of these council bills is to present these appointments to the city council for approval. The mayor's appointments are effective upon council approval. Do any council members have any technical questions for staff? Would any members of the audience like to comment on this particular bill? Seeing none, are there any council comments? Would the clerk please call the roll? Council member Enigas? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Beck? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Fulmer? Yes. Gladney? Yes. Deputy Mayor Kyles. Yes, this council bill was approved 7 to 0. That concludes our council bill portion, and we will go into audience participation. Now is the time for the audience to address the city council on any issue. If you wish to address the council, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. This is your opportunity to make a statement to the council as a whole. We ask for the mutual respect of everyone present so that every person in the room Watching from home can clearly hear what each speaker has to say. Audience noise and disruption may make it hard to hear and concentrate on the speaker. Thus, please consider it, 
be considerate and respectful. I ask you to limit your comments to five minutes or less, and you will see by the time clock. Hi, my name is Eric Green. I live at 714 West Washington Street in Champaign. I'm here tonight with some of my students. Uh, they will be uh, presenting uh, as part of uh, environmental leadership program. I think I came back in January, it was, about uh, letting you know that we'd all be here uh, sometime in March. I, I'm not sure I had the date set at that point. Um, but we're here tonight. Uh, they'll participate in the audience presentation. Uh, I told them to keep it to five minutes, so they, they know the, the rules here. Um, hopefully it inspires all of you to encourage city staff to maybe follow up on a study session on some of the topics they might raise. Um, we unfortunately will not be studying for the study session that's going to occur after this regular session, uh, but we really appreciate your time. So I'll invite the first group of students up. Thank you, sir. Just real quick before you get to present, just uh, if you could state your name and place a residence, that would be great. Yes, would you like all of us or just one of us? Uh, all, please. Okay, hi, I'm Jamie Abbott and I live um, at Newman Hall that's on campus. Hello, my name is Christina Garcia. I live in 101 West Clark Street in Urbana. Hello, my name is Tyler Swanson. I live at 200 South Vine Street in Urbana. Hello, my name is Jenna Schaefer. I live at 907 West Oregon in Urbana. Thank you. Just the other day, we were on a walk, and within the first minute, we saw three plastic bags stuck in the trees, in the bushes, and in the walkway. In addition to being a public nuisance as a result of municipal litter, plastic bags also clog waterways and stormwater drains. Particular to the Champaign-Urbana region, they also reduce agricultural productivity. Now, this is such a significant issue due to the prevalence of plastic bags decided that there are 100 billion plastic bags used in the United States every year. And according to the fact sheet, we show that only 15% of these are recycled, with 68% of these ending up in the landfill. With, such this, um, with this issue, um, our group of University of Illinois students would like to reintroduce the conversation on the plastic bag and general disposable bag tax in the Champaign Council. Now, you may be wondering why we're proposing a bag tax instead of a ban. The reason is because after researching, we've come to the results that a plastic bag ban has been proven ineffective, as this encourages the retail stores to offer thicker plastic bags or even consult to using paper bags instead, which reverse the initial impacts of the proposal. Um, additionally, you may be thinking about mandatory recycling programs. While they may be low cost, uh, placing the burden of recycling is directly on the consumer and does not guarantee that the bags will be recycled or um, that littering will be reduced. Um, we actually have a fun fact that exactly 10 years ago today, the Champaign City Council voted in favor of a bag fee on single-use plastic bags. Um, in 2012, a survey from the City of Champaign found that 67% of residents supported either a tax or ban on plastic bags. So aside from this initiative, there has been no progress currently made on the policy since then, and we want to just reiterate the importance of having this issue and how Champaign could still take the lead on having a bag uh, ban. If you'll notice on the fact sheets, uh, we recommend a tax of 11 cents per bag uh, with the plastic bags, and you may ask why. The reason is based on a study from the uh, Brown University Policy Review, which found the total uh, societal harm by a single plastic bag to be around 11 cents. That includes the uh, cost of landfilling a plastic bag, 
the environmental nuisance of littering, uh, the problem of recycling bags, uh, plastic bags clogging up recycling machines, um, as well as the greenhouse gas emissions um, caused by the manufacturing of plastic bags. Now, um, in order to ensure that this policy uh, is equitable and does not um, overly uh, burden our low-income residents, we do ask that if this tax is enacted, um, members, uh, members of the community um, receiving SNAP or WIC be exempt in order to ensure that this is an equitable policy. And we have also done an analysis based on the, set, or the cost of the tax and the average consumption of plastic bags per person um, per year. And we've found that there are two potential scenarios should this policy take place. One in which there is low public response and high revenue generated, in which case we estimate the city of Champaign could generate $1.6 million per year in tax revenue. Um, that would be based on a 28% to 30% uh, decrease in the use of plastic bags. There's also a high public response scenario in which um, use of plastic bags could decrease by as much as 90% as has happened in some municip municipalities. And in that scenario, we predict a annual revenue of roughly $230,000 for the city of Champaign. So overall, providing a bag tax would provide the city with a new stream of revenue. Um, and this could go towards funding green projects, such as being able to provide the residents with um, reusable bags. And the evidence highlighted on our fact sheet overall um, proves that bag taxes will be able to decrease plastic bag use and littering rates, which would um, result in a cleaner cityscape. Bag taxes have a proven record of effectiveness. One of the first and most successful bag taxes was in Ireland back in 2002 um, with a tax of 15 euro cents per bag. This decreased plastic bag use by 90%. And the litter from plastic bags went from 5% of all litter down to 0.22% of all litter. This policy also garnered strong public support because of the noticeable decrease in plastic bag litter. Edwardsville, Illinois also recently implemented a bag tax of 10, per, of 10 cents on paper and plastic bags in July 2021. This decreased use by 87.5% in just four months following. Chicago enacted a ban in 2015, but repealed it the next year in 2016 after finding it to actually waste more plastic. In 2017, they enacted a seven cent tax and this um, decreased the likelihood of using a disposable bag by 28%. Given the success of these programs, we know a bag tax in Champaign would be successful in reducing disposable bag use as well. Thank you for your time, and we, re we request that the city look into the feasibility of reintroducing this tax. And thank you all for your time. Are there any other members of the public that would like to comment to the council? Please step forward. Likewise, if you could just uh, state your name and city of residence. All right. Hello, I'm John Hopkins. I live at 308 East Green Street in Champaign. Hi, I'm Alexa Smith. I live at 708 South 6th Street in Champaign. My name is Christopher Eng, and I live at 918 Illinois Street in Urbana. My name is Asta Puzlo. I live in 212 East Green Street at Champaign, Illinois. Hi, my name is Maya Case. I live at 105 North Kohler in Urbana. All right, you can start. Okay. 
Well, hello, as Eric said, um, we are a group of students from the University of Illinois uh, participating in the Environmental Leadership Program. Over the last few weeks, we've been working on developing a proposal to address uh, the issues of food waste and insecurity in the Champaign and Urbana communities. So each of us has our own unique stories that has drawn us to this issue, and I would like to share my own story. So during the summer of my sophomore year in college, I joined a food pantry called Wesley Food Pantry as a volunteer to provide a week's worth of nutritious groceries to food insecure households. During my volunteering times at the pantry, the pantry coordinator explained to me the increasing rates of food insecure households and excessive amount of food waste coming from the major grocery stores at Champaign, including Costco and Walmart. One shocking piece of information that I received is that the federal labeling requirements for inappropriate expiration dates lead to excessive amounts of food wastes. With this and many other stories about the food waste issue, as enthusiastic change makers, we are eager to present to you our proposed solution to empower grocery stores to actively medicate this issue. We have three main missions preventing the loss of resource-intensive, valuable food from entering the landfill, re reducing landfill tipping fees for the local suppliers, and providing nutritious food to food-insecure citizens. Our proposition is to develop a dual-faceted regulation for food waste diversion from grocery stores in conjunction with tax incentives for smaller suppliers, with the ultimate goal of limiting pre-consumer food waste from grocery stores from being sent to the landfill, while simultaneously supporting food insecure individuals in the community. So based off of ordinances from Boulder, Colorado, which is similar in size and also a campus town, as well as regulation that's recently been instated in New York State and Massachusetts, uh, we recommend that uh, an ordinance be created to mandate designated grocery stores producing more than one and a half tons of food waste per week to either donate or compost 100% of their food waste based on whether that's edible food waste or food scraps from the grocery store. So we envision that the Public Works Department would spearhead this initiative, um, and based on proposals in Urbana um, related to food scraps, uh, we envision that this program would take at least nine months to implement. Some challenges that we've already considered through the development of our ordinance uh, include uh, enforcement uh, for grocery stores, as well as issues with quantifying food waste on the end of grocery stores, transportation, and logistics. Um, breaking down some of the costs and benefits of this uh approach, we see that most of the like, expense would be on the part of the producers and hiring like someone to do the work and managing the input and output of these materials. But there is potential for savings on the part of the city and revenue in the form of tipping from the LRC, where instead of going to a dump, tip fees go to the back, back into the city. Along with that, uh, that being a much closer uh, to the city itself, there would be savings on fuel and trucking and transportation expense. So if you would all please turn over your sheets, please. Um, you would see that we have some supporting initiatives gathered for you. The Illinois House Bill, the Good Samaritan Food Owner Act, and the Landscaping Recycling Center Concrete Bin Construction, which was actually established by Urbana's Sustainability and Resilience Officer, officer sorry, Scott Tess, who some of you may know. Um, specifically, the House Bill provides 
guidance for goal setting. The Food Donor Act provides um, legal protection for organizations or entities that are trying to don donate food. And the LRC, or the Landscape Recycling Center, provides infrastructure to accept commercial food waste. So for future steps, um, we recommend or kind of encourage you guys to both um, encourage or support the food scrap composting pilot program that Urbana is hosting right now. Um, we also would ask that you authorize the zoning ordinance omnibus text amendment for the food scrap composting, um, and also update the Champaign County Pollution Control Facility Ordinance. Um, additionally, we also ask that you um, take time to consider our proposal and also ask that you set up a study group session um, to kind of address whether this proposal would be feasible for your community, um, as well as how we could fix that to make it available for your community. So thank you for your time and consideration. Thank you for your time. Um, are there any other members of the audience that would like to address the council? Please step forward. Thank you. Uh, please uh, um, state your name and city of residence. You have five minutes to speak. Thank you. Alan Max Axelrod, City of Urbana. A lot of the public commenters here uh, talked about various environmental issues, which is really good to see. I'm a former volunteer with Scott Tess on financing rooftop solar projects. So that's really encouraging. Uh, one member also talked about volunteering with the Wesley Food Pantry. I used to be on the board of Illini Fighting Hunger. Now I'm a socialist, but we'll talk about that in a second. Let's talk about this community that we're in. Housing discrimination is legal in Champaign. They are ranked 13th by Orkin for bedbugs, alongside cities like Baltimore and Chicago. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Thank you for your labor. Regarding the housing discrimination matter, I've already spoken to you all about that, but there's not yet been a response. Before I get to that, actually one other thing. The mayor who's not in attendance, I actually talked to her about the rooftop solar uh, aspect, the issuance of bonds to local residents to help finance uh, community solar in a way where people in the community could also see dividends from that. Uh, she expressed interest in that. So, for those of you who are continuing labor in this direction, please consider that. Uh, we also do have the uh, initiative nationwide of an eco-socialist working group. So just know that that's a term, that that's a bunch of projects where they're working in the very same direction, but with an emphasis on democracy governing these processes, rather than, let's just call it a managerial performance. So regarding housing discrimination in Champaign, last time I thanked Gladney, Kyles, and Beck for their votes on repealing the discriminatory housing policy. Last time I expressed my hope that Councilman Williams, Councilman Fulmer would vote for that policy. I apologize if bringing that up upset folks the last time that I did. Because there was an outlash at that time 
there's a variety of things that could happen. So I'm just saying I apologize if that was a factor. And I'm sorry that people bullied you over that. Regarding state legislation, other folks mentioned legislation. Uh, there is a bill called the Tenant Protection Act, HB 5390. What that act would do is allow for the regulation of rent prices. See, in Illinois, it's actually illegal to regulate how your rent can change. That's really interesting. There are a lot of really interesting things about Illinois. Florida, for example, you get your tuition automatically covered. It's called Bright Futures. They had it back in 2009 when I started the university there. Illinois is only just creeping up there. So there's a lot of weird things. But the Tenant Protection Act does not yet have the commitment from our local state legislators. That is Carol Ammons and Scott Bennett. And there are progressive legislators. They should be in support of this. So while you're pushing for this legislation, please also remember the Tenant Protection Act, which would cap rent increases at 3% a year or the index of inflation, whichever is lower, so that people who are struggling to make ends meet, where over 50% of the city of Urbana's residents are rent burdened, by the way. We did a presentation when I was an intern at the Cunningham Township Supervisor's Office specifically on that. Theirs was over 60% not exactly a thriving community. So operate with those in mind. Please, if you can, include those additional spots of advocacy. And also ask these folks who are so receptive to your presentation if they would be up for considering the policies that just make humane sense. Because that's what this is about, right? We want a livable environment so that people can live healthy lives. But what use is that if they can't afford an apartment and they're homeless? Have a good night. Thank you. Are there any other public comments? Anyone in the audience like to address the council? Please step forward. With that being said, are there any council comments? I'll open it back up. I apologize, Deputy Mayor. I have a knee replacement and I don't move as fast as I should. Von okay. Young, Rising Road, Champaign, Illinois. Council, Deputy Mayor. I'm a retired City of Champaign employee with over 20 years of service to the citizens of Champaign as a member of the Police Department. On December the 15th of 2022, the citizens of Champaign and other communities witness what can only be described as a despicable remarks made by a member of this council. I'm referring to council member Beck and the hateful words to Mr. and Mrs. Moore. When they appeared before this council regarding a shooting in their neighborhood when bullets entered their residence and addressed here in Champaign, not only were these words hateful, disrespectful and dismissive, she, was, she emphasized her remarks by pounding her fist on the desk while telling the Moors not to return to this council until they showed the same concern for the black and brown babies being killed in Champaign. These outrageous remarks 
were then seconded by Council Member Fulmer. Council, I have been in this community since 1974. I've been witness to many council meetings, both in person and online. However, I have never witnessed an elected council member berate a citizen for the remarks or turn the remarks or concerns into a racial matter as did council member Beck and Falmer on that night. My outrage continued into the following days when the mayor made a statement to the newspaper regarding the remarks of February the 15th. There were no actual apologies from the mayor or other council members until the following council member meeting. However, on the night of the apologies, council member Beck sat with her head down, never looking at the moors or even acknowledge your presence in the chambers. Council member Fulmer was conspicuously absent and council member Williams lacked the courage to even apologize for their remarks. Champaign in the past has had some great mayors, city managers, and council members. However, the legacy of this council will not be looked upon as one of those unless something changes. Will all the members sitting here before me are you willing to make a change to be inclusive to all the citizens of Champaign until your tenure and legacy will be one? If not, it will be one of disgrace. Council, council members Beck and Fulmer have lost all sense of why you were elected to represent all citizens of Champaign, regardless of whether they are black or brown. You should resign immediately. However, I know you won't do that because you've lost sight of the fact that you are here to serve the public and not cater to your own self-serving agendas. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, are there any other members of the audience that would like to speak to the council? Please step forward, state your name and address. My That's name is Martin Muller. I've been here for 60 years. Um, and I look at this council, this is a good council. You know, what Ms. Beck said, maybe some people didn't like it, but it was the truth. You know, it's been shooting in our community for years. When I say years, I didn't been up here, I know every bit of 16, 17 years talking about what goes on in the black community. It went on deaf ears. I've been very, treated very bad by a mayor at this podium, interrupting me when I talk. So it ain't the, the council. Well, what she said that you want y'all to hear, this shooting and killing been going on for a while until it started affecting the white community. It was no kind of urgency. And y'all come talking about a birdhouse shot, a window shot out. I got a stepson that's dead. I deal with his mom every day from gun violence. She was sitting here when they was talking about that. 
I stopped her from getting up and talking because it was like, uh, I understand that they had a problem of gun violence, but the problem of gun violence in the black community is a hundred times worse than what happened to them because they, they, they worried about windows and birdhouses. We worried about young people's lives. Um, it just gets me when ex-officers get up here and they say the things they say, but when, when it come down to talking about what was going on in the community, they don't get up and talk about how, when they was on the police force, uh, they was going through racial problems at the police department. I didn't talk to two officers had guns pulled on them when they on their way to work because they had on street clothes. I know an officer right now that was at work and had a gun pulled on him, and they told him, don't worry about it, we'll take care of it. The guy wasn't disciplined or nothing. It's been like eight years ago when the officer told me this. So when we're talking about the police department, if they want to come out about something, they need to come about, out about what goes on in the police department. I hope we get a good chief. I really do. Because I hate for the police department to go back what it used to be. You know? And when I say that, they didn't care about the black community. I don't see no black officers come up and talking about how the black community was treated. You know, I did a video, a documentary, was raided, uh, was arrested for eavesdropping, charged with a class four felony, wasn't sneaking behind the police. I was taping them on the scene in public. A few days before then, I was sitting in there with the chief of police and uh, his assistant talking about that we were going to do, a, uh, we're doing a documentary and we wanted to show it to the public. Two days later, I was arrested. Said they didn't know what I was doing. I told them two days before then. I told them that Thursday, that Saturday, I was arrested. And the only reason I'm talking about that because we got to look at what's going on in our community and fix it. I see, um, I was, I was going to get up and talk when Cross got the construction, you know, construction contract. I wonder if it's going to have uh, a minority incentives to get black men working. Let these young men see some black men working. You know, not just see um, construction going on all, all the time and all around town and don't see nobody look like them. We had a school spend over $500 million fixing up all the schools. But when you went there, you didn't see no black men working. You know, if you want to deal with gun violence, you got to deal with economics. And economics bring in jobs. We got to make sure people are working that look like me. Young people. Give them an opportunity in life. Thank you. Thank you. Are there, are there any other members of the audience that would like to address the council? Please step forward and state your name and place of residence. You have five minutes. Hi. My name is Jeff Wilson, and I am from Muhammad. And thank you so much, uh, council members. I'm sure you have a lot on your plate, and I appreciate all you do for this city to make this city work. I have, let's see if I get this right here. I have eight children, and I have nine grandchildren. And one of my grandsons, he attends Franklin Middle School. His name is Isaac. And he plays first base, and he's awesome at first base, frankly. I can't imagine someone that big, he must be taller than me, 
Weighs more than me, but he can still do the splits at first base and catch the ball. That's incredible. And both he and his mom, they live fairly close to the most recent incident on University Avenue. So what is my concern? My concern is really for his safety, the safety of his friends. I really would like to see him make it to Central and live through Central along with all his buddies. I'd like to see his mother be safe in the community that she lives. Unfortunately, um, our community here, or the Champaign community, is not altogether safe. And recently, the President of the United States, Joe Biden, he mentioned that, towards the end of his State of the Union speech, that we're not about defunding the police, but we're really about funding the police. Everybody remember that? He clearly said we're for funding the police. However, I guess my challenge for the city council here and the city mayor, city manager, and the mayor is, are you really listening to what the president has said? So my understanding is, right now, the police department is down about 20 people. And there's only two in the pipeline. I don't see that as how funding the police. There's all kinds of aspects about safety, community programs, community involvement, but there's also a police force to enforce safety and protect our citizens. So my recommendation to you, council members, deputy mayor, mayor who's not here, and city managers, how about if you aggressively, actively seek to find a chief of police? Why wait a year? Why wait two years? Why wait to next election? Why not just do it right now? On top of that, why isn't the city, my question is why isn't the city, if the city really wants a safe environment from that aspect, why wouldn't the city also aggressively, aggressively hire the staff, get the extra 20 officers in there that we need on our streets to support one another? Anyway, thank you for this time. I'm not taking all my five minutes, just two minutes. But thanks again. I know you got a lot of hard work to do. I got a lot of decisions to make. But I really hope you make a positive decision for the safety of the community and fund the police practically by getting additional officers and finding the chief of police. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for your time. Are there any other members of the audience that would like to address the council? Please step forward, state your name and a place of residence, and you have five minutes to speak. My name is Eddie Pratt, Jr. I am a resident of Champaign. Um, I, I didn't plan to come here to speak tonight. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, observe. It's been a while since I've uh, been here. I've been really busy. Uh, something that you all may not know, that this shooting, that uh, public discourse has been locked into for the last couple of weeks, I was the community responder on the scene about an hour after that happened. Nothing too fancy. I pulled up and proceeded to knock on some doors and check in with people, see what their immediate needs are, see what, what happened, get some different perspectives and everything. What I did not anticipate, that there would be people that would come out of that particular community come here, say what they said, uh, get recanted to in the same matter, and then 
this waste of time that has uh, been adopted into, let's be honest here, a right-wing-backed type of soft coup d'etat is what this all amounts to. But let's be, let's be, let's be honest, you know, fully honest. Are both sides fully wrong? I don't believe so. Here's why, right? So what I know about trauma, trauma don't care about race, class, gender, none of that, right? So in that interest, in that perspective, the trauma that those people went through is very much so real. And so it's best practice to accommodate space for that. At the same time, it is egregious of an action to bring your consolidated concerns to city council after we've had, if you're asking my opinion, one too many study sessions around gun violence after you have already passed the you know gun violence blueprint, record-breaking numbers and all of that. I thank you for all that and for what that all may hold. I hope that you know it'll be helpful for us all. Um, but I just wanted to take the time to just say so face to face and I don't care if both of y'all, all of y'all get pissed off with me. But the fact of the matter it is this whole rhetoric is not anti-racist. This is the white adoption of black problems. So, but there are points that we can offer as like recourse in this matter because this rhetoric shouldn't be happening. There are other shootings that have happened since. Have these same people who have taken the time to organize all these different things to make their power play towards city council. Have you taken all of that organizing prowess and found all of these community initiatives, these organizations, and all of these things that are being done and have been done in this community, led by community members for years? Have you sought them out? That is a point worthy to make. And it's one that is honest to make. So yes, both sides could have done a little things differently, but we all are human. Let's take the time right now to end all of this charade and get right back to focus to right where we need to be. And that's the welfare of the people of Champaign-Urbana and nothing else. I don't care if you're here about the business of the city. I don't care if you're here about some social political power play. I don't care if you're here to be liked, because I surely am not. I engage with people who have been <coughs> impacted in ways that you would not fathom. And it hurts. I want you to be, I'm just, you know, I'm ripping band-aids off tonight. It hurts. I've been sitting back and thank God for technology. I don't have to always be here to be present to see what's going on. And honestly, the whole rhetoric is disgusting. It's not anti-racist. And the appearance of it is literally the, ob the, the opposite. And well, that's my time.
Good night. Thank you, sir. Are there any other members of the audience that would like to address the audience? I mean, address the council? Please step forward, state your name, place of residence. Seeing none, any council comments? <clears throat> I would like to, uh, to, yes, council member Pianfetti. I didn't want the evening to go by. Um, first of all, thank, thank you everybody for coming out and for your comments. Um, I know that there is a, a lot to unpack here this evening and um, I, I am grateful for having so many um, perspectives presented this evening. Um, in particular, you know, we are working towards a safer community and I am, I, I am proud of the efforts that we're making in terms of our blueprint, um, nothing is perfect, but in our gun violence blueprint to look at how we can um, deal with the violence that is impacting our city. I think we need to start somewhere. And um, having kids that went through Franklin, are at Centennial, are at the university, myself um, as well, you know, having a safe community is important to me. So in looking at what we're doing for our police force as well, I think it's important to recognize that our search for a police chief did come with community involvement and looking for the right um, police chief is important. So we do need to get the right one, right, Mr. Miller? We, we have to have someone um, that is, is going to listen. It, we need someone um, that is going to work with the police officers that we have and those that we are trying to recruit. Um, we have escalated and made changes to how we are recruiting. It's an ongoing process now. Um, we have looked at um, lateral transfers in ways that we did not before. So I think we've been listening to the public in a way that um, we have not in the past. And I'm proud of this council um, and um, the leadership that is here in hearing what the community is saying. And so um, sometimes while it's hard to hear what's being said, I don't think it's falling on deaf ears. And I'm saying that in particular, I, I know many of you might know this already, but um, because we do have so many youth and, and many of you I look at as future leaders um, and I hope leaders here in Illinois, um, uh, that, that it's important to understand what's going on in the community and it's important to allow all the voices to be heard. Um, I think your presentations were amazing and I think that they have a lot of um, ways that, I, you know, we have a wonderful city staff here that does listen and so maybe you'll, you'll, you'll see different parts of it or different ideas, maybe, maybe not right away but down the road. You know, I know these ideas um, are talked about a lot. I know um, Council Member Beck has a lot of great ideas that um, talk a lot about um, food insecurity and talk a lot about um, uh, sustainability issues. And I think this fits into a lot of the really strong ideas that are um, supporting the practices that that as a as a council we would like to see in making this a city that is uh, a model city. And I think that comes in a lot of what you were saying. And I think it's important that as you are going out, I know before uh, council, I was talking to some of, some of you, and as you go out and you think about the leadership that you might be talking to in the next couple of days, it's about thinking about you know, what, 
not only what you are doing right this moment, but what can be happening you know, a month from now, a year from now, five years from now, and what you can do to make the community you live in as a model community. And you may have heard that we, you know, um, appointed people to commissions, and, and those individuals really are, are individuals, too, that we listen to that have wonderful ideas about how we can be doing stuff to really uh, support the health and well-being of our city, just like the residents that come and speak here this evening. So um, thank you for spending your spring break, a little bit of it, um, with us tonight. Um, that's really, I, I think they should get some extra points for that, just for, for being here. So um, thank you very much for, for, for the intentional and thoughtful work that you did. I, I think that's very important. And, and I hope that um, while it may not be during my term, I hope someday that I see you on a ballot. So thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Pianfetti. Is there any, Councilmember Niguez? Uh, yes, I also wanted to uh, speak to the presentation, very well put together. Um, thank you so much for a lot of things that I think is on everybody's mind when it comes to things like pollution and sustainability. Um, you know, a lot of these things lose steam as, you know, people kind of get into the workflow of everyday governance. Um, but I do want to, I, I wanted to ask a question, and obviously you can't answer it right now, but maybe something to think about. I heard a conversation had about um, the plastic bag use and how the weight of the plastic bag versus the weight of a paper bag is in terms of fuel usage is a difference in, you know, there's there's cost that is uh, incurred on the people, on the suppliers. So that was a, a conversation, a debate that I heard. I don't know a whole lot about it, but it's something I would like to know a little bit more about and how that's factored into all this. Um, when it comes to, you know, trying to replace plastic bags. Um, and then in terms of the eliminating food waste and food insecurity, um, that is actually, you know, something that, you know, is a first-generation first born immigrant. Um, you know, food pantries and, you know, things like that, food stamps were a big part of my upbringing just as my family was trying to, you know, um, build some wealth and, um, you know, get ahead in life. So this is definitely something that's... Um, and it's very near and dear to me, and what those solutions are. I feel like there's a lot of uh, um, organizations in Champaign who do work in this area. Um, you know, things like, but things like, um, you know, the the expiration dates, and uh, I know that that's been a major issue. Uh, me as a bachelor, I don't really look at expiration dates. I just, it is what it is, and if it, if it goes down, it goes down, right? Um, but, yeah, no, th these are very... Um, important topics that I think need to continue to be talked about and to um, to uh, look at for legislation policy. So I look forward to more of this. Um, I'd love to get a study session going for some more of these things, um, you know, and uh, continue the conversation. So thank you for your presentation. And thank you for being here on your spring break. Any other council comments? Council Member Beck. Uh, I had the opportunity to speak to your class earlier in the semester, so it was uh, great to see the final products that came out of that, and I appreciate your time tonight, and thanks so much for great presentations, and I have to say that I'm really proud that I got to be a part of that process, so um, you guys did great work, and you should be proud of it, so thank you for being here this evening. Any other council comments? I, too, would like... That I too would like to thank the presenters for the presentation. Do have some follow-up questions? I liked um, uh, what you, some of the questions that I had 
asked, and I know, you know, I'll probably just send a quick email um, when it talked about food and uh, insecurity and talked about the, the, the impact that it has on the, the producers, you know, the Walmarts, the Costcos of the world. So I was kind of interested in being a little bit deeper and what those financial obligations were and how to, to work through that. Uh, was also it was interesting that you mentioned the uh, the um, the tax the back tax portion and in Chicago and I remember when they went to five cents I actually did some sh- shopping in Chicago I remember those five cent um, charges so wanting to look a little bit deeper into the uh, um, the economic impact and just the overall um, impact that it was had I know there was another presentation that was done I want to leave anyone out. Um, but want to continue that conversation. I'll shoot you all an email. Thank you, sir, for uh, bringing uh, and you all for coming in spring break and, and participating. Um, as it pertains to the continue, I believe that there's no. We've made it through some tough issues together. Uh, I believe that we've made it through some tough issues as a council. I think we've made it as some tough issues as a community. And I think that we've made it in some tough issues as, as a staff. I've seen this community do things in this past year that have been amazing. And I thank Councilmember Pianfetti for um, bringing up the amazing because it's important. Uh, you know, Tuesday night is where we talk about these issues and we take them into consideration. We vote on things. We hear your concerns. But Wednesday morning is when the work has to be done. And I think that it's important for us to go out Wednesday morning with that motivation. And so as it pertains to uh, continuing to improve community and police relations, typically it is one-sided, where you see one address without the other. But I believe in this past year, we have seen constant community um, initiatives that have been brought forth, that have been done and, and through staff and tire and community input and staff supporting those things. And I I can't, I mean, this whole council um, has voted on those things. As it pertains to, to policing and better and working towards the staffing, I believe that's a top, I mean, through evidence, there's a top priority. That doesn't go upon deaf ears. A chief, that's a top priority of our city manager. And as Councilmember Pianfetti uh, talked about, and I would was second, to make sure that we are getting the right and not just saying, hey, we need a chief and and reacting. And so with that being said, I really think that there, I don't have to think, there there hasn't been a, there's there's never been a defund. In fact, the council bill that was voted on a couple weeks ago uh, was supported unanimously to 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 reward retention and to increase uh, residency and things along that nature. And so I think that this council has 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 continued, and there's going to be continued work. I'm never to count the, the person that would say just because we've done one thing or because something has been done that there's not work that needs to continue to be done. I believe that the, 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 the work that goes outside of this council um, in the individual community circles, bring in our youth, bring in not just our youth, our everyday citizens uh, is going to be critical and it's important. But I haven't, I mean, I, I could be, um, I don't believe I'm wrong, but I haven't, see, I could be wrong, but through, through policy, 
which is one of the most important things that we do, I have seen a support for both the community and the police. And I think that if we continue to work in that spirit, I believe that we could be uh, move forward to a, a state-of-the-art community. Do we have some challenges? Yes. We have some real challenges that we have to address. And we are going to have to continue to, to have conversations. And maybe, the, you know, some, I'm not the one that says we're going to have continued tough conversations, but we will. <clears throat> and that's how we move forward in addressing the real, that's how we get to the surface and not be beyond the surface. That's it. How do we get to the root cause of these issues? So um, I look forward to us continuing to work together. I look forward to us sharing our passion and, um, you know, figuring out how to get through this. And uh, I believe that we can get through it and that we have evidence. Um, when you look at what has happened in, in other cities during tough times like this, I haven't fared that well. But this community has, and I thank God for that. So with that being said, uh, oh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the IHSA um, and, and the great weekend that was for those who were involved. And so uh, um, Champaign Visitors Bureau and everyone that was engaged and involved in that as a community made that successful. Uh, with that, I think we have to pay some bills. Some oh, city manager comments. Any city manager comments? None, Your Honor. Deputy city manager. Uh, vouchers. Mr. Deputy Mayor, I move that we approve the vendor payments in the amount of $629,300.47. Second. All in favor? Signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed by saying aye. Motion carries. Uh, Mr. Deputy Mayor, I move that we approve the payroll of March 4th, 2022 in the amount of $1,974,909.78. Second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed by saying aye. Motion carries. And I don't think there are any other investments. With that being said, we are now in the study session portion of the agenda beginning with a public hearing. Thank you all for coming. Thank you all. This could be really interesting. You might want to stay. All right. Let's get to the, the everybody set. All right. With that being said, I now declare this public hearing open. The city is seeking input during the public hearing regarding the FY 2022 to 23 annual action plan. The annual action plan provides an overview of the city's affordable housing and neighborhood improvement needs, as well as the proposed strategies for addressing them for the program year beginning July 1st, 2022 through June 30th, 2023. The purpose of this public hearing is to provide an opportunity for all interested persons to give an 
alloc input and allocation of community development block grants in the annual action plan. <coughs> Notice of this hearing was published March 1st in the News Gazette, CGTV, and on the city's website. All comments received will be responded to and included in the final plan that will be submitted to the Department of Housing and Urban Development in May. City staff will give a presentation on the proposed activities in the draft FY22-23 annual action plan, and then I will declare the public hearing open. But that's it. That. Good evening. Sorry, good evening. Um, the first part of my presentation is actually about the bond cap, not the action plan, so the, I will get to the action plan shortly, but I want to give a bond cap overview as well. Um, so the draft, uh, first we're going to discuss the 2022. Excuse me. Did you close the public hearing? Oh, no. I did not. I apologize. Yeah, I, think, I think the public hearing's closed before your presentation, right? Or is that wrong? Okay. Stand corrected. <laughs> I guess we wait till after the, uh, the presentation. Okay, um, we're here to discuss first the 2022 bond cap allocation, and then the draft 2022-2023 annual action plan. The annual action plan is for projects and activities starting July 1st, 2022, ending in June 30th, 2023. So I'm going to start with the bond cap. Um, under federal law, the state of Illinois may issue tax-free bonds for projects which federal government does not consider traditional government services. These bonds are called private activity bonds or bond cap or volume cap, but we, we've decided on bond cap nomenclature and are used for private business development. Many types of private organizations prefer these bonds because the interest on the bonds is free from federal taxes. Um, the city may choose to use its bond authority for a local purpose or reallocate the amount to state or other entity for their use. Traditionally, the city of Champaign has ceded its bonding authority to agencies that promote economic development and affordable housing. I included in one of my attachments a list of what we've done for the past 30 years or so. So three agencies have contacted the city to request their serious bond cap allocation. The first requesting agency is Illinois Housing Development Authority, or IDA. IDA currently offers three mortgage products under their IDA access programs. Each product offers down payment and closing cost assistance and 30-year fixed rate mortgages to qualified low-mod home buyers. The difference between each of their products is the amount of assistance provided and how the lien is treated. In 2021, IDA um, programs originated 27 loans um, in the city of Champaign with a volume of around $3.5 The second requesting agency is Monarch Capital that manages the Illinois Assist program um, with the municipal partner of the town of Normal. Illinois Assist offers two products. The first offers eligible home buyers 30-year fixed rate mortgage and three to 7% cash grant for down payment and closing cost. The second product is a mortgage credit certificate that offers annual federal income tax credit to individuals based on the mortgage interest they have paid that year. In 2021, Illinois Assist um, produced 22 mortgages in the city of Champaign at a volume of $2.9 million. Um, Homebuyers can access these programs by going to a local participating bank. Several local banks and members of the community reinvestment group participate in both of these programs. The third requesting agency is the Eastern Illinois Economic Development Agency, or IEDA. IEDA covers an 11-county region um, where they pool all their 
bond funds for act economic development activities in those regions. They have not recently completed a project in the city of Champaign, though they were partners in the, for the housing authority's recent projects and um, Eden Supportive Living. They did recently commit, um, recently uh, complete a $14 million affordable housing project in Mattoon. Um, contacts at AIDA um, who have been good supports for me in understanding you know, the bond process and how bonds work um, believe that the rising interest rates, though not very exciting for lots of people, is, is good, favorable for the bond market. Okay. So the proposal is to cede the 2022 bond cap of over a little over $9.8 million equally to each requesting agency. Um, each agency would receive around $3,227,000 in bonding authority. Additionally, uh, regarding those affordable housing programs, um, the city has a link to the IDA mortgage and assist programs on our neighborhood programs webpage. When interested home buyers call me, I, I talk to them about those programs and direct them to um, local banks that participate in those programs and let them know that oftentimes those programs and others that the city is not involved in can be layered on um, so that there are lots of opportunities for people wishing to buy a home in the city of Champaign to get some down payment or other assistance. That's all I have for the bond cap. Um, so now we're going to turn our attention to the 2022-23 annual action plan. Um, in the annual action plan, we are in year three of our five-year consolidated plan. In the five-year plan, the CON plan, outlines our high-level goals um, for housing and community development um, with federally allocated home and CDBG funds. Um, that CON plan, when it was completed, um, included a needs analysis, an extensive consultation over a year with public, nonprofit, and our agency partners. Um, the other, the smaller part of that con plan are these five annual action plans, and this annual action plan outlines our specific goals, um, programs, and projects um, that we intend to accomplish in the coming year. So for 2023, 2022-23, um, our actual allocation is currently not exactly known. Um, um, I'll get into that a little bit detail a little bit later, but for the draft plan, our estimates are we'll have a little over $1 million in CDBG funds and around $300,000 in home funds to allocate. Before going forward, I wanted to um, talk about proposed funding allocations. I think it's important to talk about what we can actually um, allocate these funds to. Um, both home and CDBG must be used for the benefit of low and moderate income individuals. Where CDBG program allows a little more flexibility on the type of eligible activities, home funds are solely used to create affordable housing opportunities. Some of the eligible CDBG activities include um, housing rehabilitation, public infrastructure or facility improvements, economic development, mm -hmm. um, and public services. Home funds, though, must be used to be create affordable housing opportunities. You can do that by new housing construction, housing rehabilitation, rental assistance, down payment assistance. And these aren't uh, exhaustive, these lists, but they are, they are the highlights of what can be accomplished with these funds. First, I'm going to talk about our home funding allocations, um, proposed allocation. The seat of Urbana is the lead entity of the Urbana Home Consortium and are the administrative hold the administrative responsibility for um, the home funds. 
Um, the other parties in the home consortium are ourselves and the Champaign County. Um, our two, 2021 funds, last year's funds, have been allocated to phase two of Bristol Place redevelopment, which is currently under um, application review. Um, the 2022 funds are proposed for tenant-based rental assistance and our full home improvement program. Uh, the full home improvement program is our most comprehensive or the city's most comprehensive um, homeowner rehabilitation program and allows up to $25,000 in assistance to bring home fully up to code. The other um, program or project we are um, proposing is tenant-based rental assistance um, the, or TBRA or TBRA. Um, the TBRA funding will be awarded via RFP to any eligible agencies with the goal of increasing the amount of vouchers in Champaign County. So instead of supporting someone that already does vouchers, we're, we're looking to, one, increase the possible capacity of someone who's never done DPR, TBRA before and also to increase the number of rental vouchers available in our community. It's important to note that home um, TBRA must be, um, cannot be um, in Champaign only. Um, the vouchers would be available consortium-wide and uh, the TBRA assistance would be eligible for up to two years for the eligible ap applicants. So this is just a quick shot. I'm gonna go into more detail on the following slides on our proposed allocations. Um, and overall, we are continuing many of our past efforts on low-income housing through our housing rehab programs, public services, with the addition here of a public infrastructure or facilities project. <clears throat> Majority of our CDG funds are allocated to the to our city's housing rehabilitation programs. These programs are available citywide, um, minus the sleep program, which is currently only available in Garden Hills neighborhood, um, to eligible low mod households. Currently, a four person household is considered low mod if their annual household annual income is at or below $69,000 per year. The programs are primarily available to owner occupants but the HARP, the Home Accessibility Retrofit Program, and the SLEEP program are available to renters as well. The additionally, this funding um, uh, funds staffing costs and various program expenses associated with rehab, including lead-based lead paint, um, equipment, supplies and testing, relocation, um, disposition um, as well. Uh, housing rehabilitation continues to be a high need um, due to the aging housing stock in our community. The next proposed type of allocation is a public infrastructure or public facilities allocation. We've currently allocated $200,000 to this project. Um, NSD staff, we've met with city partners and also with public works staff to determine possible projects um, for public facilities or public infrastructure allocation. No final project has been determined, but possible projects include sidewalk gap projects and eligible low-income census tracts, pedestrian crossing in a low-income census tract, and this fund might also be tied with uh, homeless shelter facilities. Uh, staff's going to continue to work on determining the best use of these public service or public facilities funds, and we'll seek council approval when contracting these funds to an eligible project. Our public services dollars are capped at 15% of our grant, um, and we will fund it to the allowable cap. Funds are proposed to support Community Matters Program and short-term rental and utility assistance. 
The Community Matters Program, as many of you know, is a collaboration of agencies that focus on youth mentoring and summer programs. These funds will be allocated to participating agencies after review of program proposals in the coming months. The remaining funds will be allocated to short-term rental and utility assistance. Short-term assistance is sometimes referred to as emergency rental and only allows for up to three months of assistance. I noted that here because it is different than TBRA, which is like a two-year program. This is a 100 days, three months to help um, persons um, who um, just need that short-term influx. Um, it's important also to note here that um, crime prevention, and homelessness, which are items we've funded in the past with public service dollars, is still um, considered a need in our consolidated plan. But because of the availability of other state and federal funds on those issues, um, where there is no funding in this current plan for public service homelessness or public services crime prevention dollars, but that does not mean that we will not address it in the, minor, the next two years or the final two years of the consolidated plan. Um, we'll continue to address that need um, in those future plans or this one, if you tell me to. <laughs> the last um, proposed allocation is again, tenant-based rental assistance. And I don't mean to confuse you, but this is CDBG where the previously we're talking about home. So all um, proposed for CDBG is the program management funds that will be used in combination with the home funds, which, are, which would be the TBRA voucher funds. Um, TBRA program management is about evaluating and approving the tenants, landlord outreach, housing inspections, getting a person into the unit, and the home funds will be used to actually pay that monthly voucher to the landlord. We expect that these funds may be able to support creation of up to 25 vouchers. So this is a contingency plan and language. We often have to develop our draft plan before we know how much funding HUD has allocated to the city. Um, and currently, we do not know um, the city's grant allocation. But Congress last week passed the federal budget for 2021. And on Friday, President Biden signed it, which shows a decrease in CBG of around 4.5%. Um, that does not, we do not know how that will apply to the city. It's not like that there's a 4.5% decrease, we'll get a decrease. It's a formula allocation, HUD applies the formula depending on the amount of cities and entitlement communities that receive the CDBG funds. So when the city notifies us of our final grant, I mean, when the HUD notifies the city of its final grant amount, we will adjust the program allocations we've proposed um, based on that final allocation. And the way that we have proposed this is that, um, there are programs that will not be adjusted, um, and that's because we already fund them to the max um, of what is needed for that program. Additionally, public services and administration are regulatory caps, and for those two line items, we will fund to the maximum allowed um, by the federal regulation, and the remaining programs would be increased or decreased based on what is available, um, and those programs are our housing programs, Minor home, minor home repair, home accessibility, retrofit program, the safety lighti lighting and energy efficiency program, and then the TBRA program management and the public infrastructure public facility project. 
If the grant amount is announced within the coming weeks, uh, the proposed allocations will be adjusted before the final plan is brought to council in May. So public hearings on the annual action plan were held on Neighborhood Services Advisory Board meetings in September, and then on March 10th. A series of public input and participation meetings are being held in March and will continue throughout the public comment period that ends on April 15th, 2022. Staff have met with or will meet with the City of Champaign Neighborhood Leaders Forum, the Continuum of Service Providers to the Homeless, the Community Reinvestment Group, Human Services Council, and various neighborhood groups to continue to gather public input. So far, uh, key findings have been support for housing rehabilitation programs. There's been a request for down payment assistance for home ownership, um, uh, requests for rental, additional rental assistance, and concerns for homelessness and youth programming in our communities. The draft plan is available. It is currently on the city's website, and we dropped paper copies off the Champlain and Douglas Branch Libraries. You can also come to the Neighborhood Services Department and request one or view the one we have available. In addition to tonight's public hearing, staff will continue to seek public comment throughout the 30-day public comment period and before the final plan is brought to council for approval in May. <clears throat> so uh, the alternative is to direct staff to finalize the 2022 private activity volume cap bond allocation documents and the fiscal year 22-23 annual action plan as described in this report for council action at the April 19th, 2022 and May 3rd, 2022 regular meetings. Thank you. I'm happy to answer any technical questions you might have about bond cap or the annual action plan. Thank you. Any technical questions from council? Had just yes. one, one or two oh. questions. <laughs> Dang. So in layman terms, just for audience, like if somebody were listening to this presentation and just wanted to break it down, when you say that an entity has $3.2 million bond capacity, what does that mean? Um, so it means- To the they, everyday citizen. They have the authority to create and sell bonds to develop capital for projects for specific types of projects. We're not giving them money. It's not a budget line item transfer from the city to to an entity. It's the authority to access, you know, the ability to sell tax-free bonds. So they sell something, they sell a bond to create funds and that the persons they sell the bonds to don't have to pay, you know, get a tax break on them at the end of the year. So it's an incentive for developers to buy it because they can get a smaller tax bill at the end. So there's there is no money changing hands from us to the, to them. It's just the authority that the state gives us and that we pass on to somebody else. You feel that, you know, we went through a lot of great things and great programs that Neighborhood Services has done in the past and addressed in this plan. Um, do you think that do you think that where are the gaps in our neighborhoods maximizing um, these opportunities? And if where are the gaps at, if not, how can we maximize these opportunities so every day, so neighborhoods and neighbors and people can actually know, hey, if I need to do some type of, I mean, obviously we as the council can say, 
you know, here's the program or contact neighborhood services, but what are some of the other creative ideas that we can do to kind of maximize these dollars? Or are they maximized? Well, no, I mean, we could always use more dollars, you know, I mean, but to where there are, are gaps, I think we had um, kind of a taste in the past two years when we actually had the COVID funding and they, um, they removed our public services cap. And so we were able to spend a bunch of a lot more money than the 15% on public services. And we were able to, you know, do the economic development and to, to address more than, you know, one or two public services needs. But, you know, at our public services cap, which is somewhere usually around $150,000, um, you know, we're not going to be able to touch dozens of agencies, you know. And I think, I mean, there's, there's a gap there um, in need. And when talking to... Um, there's always, so when we do the consolidated plan, there's always high priority need and, and lower priority needs. And, um, there's always, there's always needs. I mean, there's, there's, I, there's in, for the federal dollars, there's not going to be enough in what we get to address a lot of these things. So we try and focus on maximizing, you know, what we can do as a staff and what we can do, you know, by leveraging some of these funds. Um, as to your other question, you're asking about how like neighborhoods can access this or know about it, or is is that the question? Yeah, just a general question. Um, so I think our neighborhood services does a great job of putting the information out there. Um, as public servants, I, I I feel sometimes surprised when people say, oh, I've never heard of that before, because yeah. we, you know, we do everything we can, you know, to put that information in people's hands. Um, but, you know, we'll con I think what's really wonderful about our department and the city in general is we're always willing to take new ideas, you know, and to use technology or to go to the places where people are meeting. And, um, you know, there's always ways we can do better, and we're always willing to take advice and say, yeah, like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to that meeting. I'll tell you about these programs. Um, and, you know, I use, people can access the city's Facebook page and the city's Twitter, and we post about this stuff all the time. Yep. Um, and you can call Neighborhood Services. You can call me um, at Neighborhood Services Department, and I'll tell you all about the programs. So. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so with that, just following according to script, um, trying to figure out how this alternative gets in, but I'm going to just go down the line and say I now... I think you can close the public hearing right. and then we can go to the alternative. All right, so with that, since there's no members in the audience, we close the uh, um, public hearing. Um, are there any comments from the council? And so seeing none, uh, take a poll on alternative one uh, to direct staff to finalize the 2022 private activity volume cap bond allocation documents in the FY 2022-23 annual plan as described in this report for council action at the April 19, 2022 and May 3rd, 2022 regular meetings. Um, that, Michael Former? Yes. 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 And yes, and you have direction seven to zero. Alternative one, next study session item. Thank you. Deputy oh, Mayor. Oh, okay. That was. We adjourn. Oh, all right, with that.
I thought we had one. I guess it was wrapped up. Okay, two. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, with that being said, uh, I move that we adjourn. Uh, uh, we need a roll. All in favor, say aye. All in aye. favor. Aye. aye. The ayes have it. The days want to stay here. With that, thank you. Meeting adjourned at 7.32, or 8.32 p.m.